nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. My name is Devin. We're going to talk a little bit about Arsenal and the Premier League and, you know, all that fun stuff so far. But um, before I introduce our guests for today, we have a little admin housekeeping, the funnest part of every podcast for everyone. Um, we're giving away some prizes, uh, some actually cool stuff. I still have to finalize a few things, so I don't want to shout out something too concrete right now. But um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SufferingPod, S-U-F-F-E-R-I-N-G-P-O-D, uh, no spaces, no underscores, nothing nifty like that. Um, we're going to have a contest to see who can best predict Austin FC's remaining games. Um, so it'll be based on, you know, however many points we get and you predict the scores of each game. Uh, and based on that, we're going to be giving away some cool stuff. I'm hoping I have some game tickets to some stuff, maybe a few other things, but, um, like I said, we'll, uh, make sure we get that announced. Uh, everything needs to be in by six o'clock on uh, Sunday, the 17th. So, um, well before anybody sees a lineup for the, uh, the Portland game on Sunday. Um, but feel free to enter. And uh, we're hoping to get um, a bunch of people and obviously more people, the more stuff we can kind of give away. Uh, no entry fee or anything like that. I just don't want to, you know, stack up like 10 prizes and have 11 entrants and uh, everybody kind of wins and kind of takes some of the fun out of it. But um, we'll do a little more on that. Uh, just a shout out before we get going. But joining me today to talk about Arsenal and I guess tangentially the Premier League Uh Old returning guest, uh, Brayden, um, from the Football Academy podcast. Brayden, how you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. I'm excited the international break is over. I, it's kind of weird now the U.S. doesn't have to go through qualifying, and I just sit here and I'm like, okay, we're playing Azerbaijan. That seems fine and normal, but okay. Uh, but yeah, ready for the Premier League again, uh, ready to get Arsenal back into it. Um, and yeah, let's, let's get into the meat of the season. Yeah, I was already done with this international break, and I was very done with it when U.S. soccer sent me in U.S. against, oh, man, oh, man, pun on Tuesday. And I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, I need the Premier League to start again. Um, that nice little uh, chuckle you heard in the background is our good friend Ram. Ram, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. It's the most wonderful time of the year. College football, NFL, and Premier League. Uh, and also, like, just... European soccer in general, like uh, I like watching French league, a little bit of Serie A in Italy, and then of course Champions League is coming back. So it's it's just a incredible time of the year. Yeah, I always thought like for the longest time the Champions League anthem was like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard, and now I'm just like I can't wait to hear you again, Champions League anthem. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been? For Since real, 2016, man. 2017. Uh, and the last of our panelists today is uh, our good friend Josh. Josh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, just like Braden, really, really glad the international break's over. Looking forward to Premier League matches starting back up this weekend. Uh, got Looking at a lot of good fixtures this weekend and Arsenal kind of getting to the meat of its uh, first half schedule these next few weeks. Got a lot of good matches coming up. And then, uh, you know, add in Champions League to that. Uh, starting off against uh, PSV, I believe, uh, next Tuesday, correct? Wednesday. 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 Yeah. Uh, I took the day off work. 
I'm going yeah, to take I it off. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm debating taking a half day for it. But uh, just like Ram said, like, you know, college football, NFL, uh, you know, getting to postseason baseball, which is the only time of year that's worth watching that sport. Uh, hmm. it, it's just it's just the apex of everything that's worth watching. And it's just a, a whole lot of fun. So couldn't be more excited. Yeah. Uh, and I want to kind of touch base here, too. Uh, I know both of you are having a good college football season so far. Uh, Mizzou managed to beat mighty Middle Tennessee State at home by a, a paltry four points, but we got the job done. Um, so, it's you know, my season's not over yet. Braden, how is your – are you going to watch college football the rest of the year after Saturday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will, but it's very uh, – it's a frustrating start to the season. Um, the the Jalen Milrow era is, is not upon us. <laughs> Uh, would you rather see a Jalen Milrow or a Kai Havertz better start? Oh boy, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Kai. Ha- like I've seen plenty of Bama national championships. I'll, I'll, I'll take a Arsenal title. Um, we'll, we'll go with there. Okay, yeah, I think that's best for everyone on the call, at least. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't get to do the whole like fake Texas is back, ha 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 thing yet, but you know it's only September. I'm sure, sure the time will come. Um, but yeah, let's jump into it. So four games played, uh, 10 out of 12, not terrible. Um, you know, blue, a uh, game where we were up a goal, um, and up a man against Fulham probably should have 12 out of 12, but, um, you know, this early in the season while we're still kind of tinkering with things and some guys injured, probably not the end of the world. Um, I guess we'll start with Josh. How are you feeling about the season so far? And feel free to give us like a letter grade if you want to. Uh, I think at the beginning I was, you know, obviously like flying high, especially after Arsenal's last season. And even, even though with the way things finished and losing the title race, um, still had a lot to be optimistic about and preseason, uh, you know, Havertz looked like he was playing well. Trossard was obviously playing well as well. Team looked like it had a lot of energy and then the season starts and then reality hits you in the face being like, Hey, this is the toughest league to play in, in the world. And uh, it doesn't matter just having a good team, but also matters is just results bouncing your way when they need to. And the uh, draw against Fulham was a very, very good example of that. So I think I, I came in feeling like an A plus, and now I feel kind of, kind of a solid A minus, not quite in B territory, mainly because um, it, it looks like Havertz is going to need some time to get assimilated to. Arteta's style of play um, came from a really just awful system at Chelsea, awful situation. Um, Didn't do a lot there despite, you know, being a part of their Champions League winning side. Uh, But the realistic threshold for Arsenal for me is that we could finish as high as second. I don't know if we finish first this year, but if things go south, they could finish as low as eighth based on the way things are shaking up in the table and the quality that I'm seeing. Uh, in the top half this year. Yeah, and I mean, good news, bad news, right? It's it's only four games, so things could go a lot better. Things could go a lot worse. Um, Ram, how are you feeling so far? Um, I'm feeling great, actually. Um, like, everything that was just said, I agree with a lot of it. Um, I do think that, uh, yeah, as, I was, as was just mentioned, I think Kai Havertz is probably like... <sighs> maybe a couple, like, you know, a few weeks, eight, six to eight weeks from really finding his spot on this Arsenal team. It's taken a long time. 
if you look at all the players that, you know, like, like the, 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 the name I, I think of the most is like Thomas party. And like, we talk about him as this indispensable kind of player where if he's in the, is in the lineup, we feel a lot better than it versus what he's not. But like, it wasn't that way at the beginning. And even him, him he himself in an interview, a real obscure interview, asked was was asked to rate himself in terms of how he was playing. He gave himself like a four out of ten. So it took a, lo- a while for him to actually fit into the role that Arteta wanted for him. So I kind of want to give the same amount of time to Kai Havertz. Well, not kind of. I mean, I really do. And I think it's going to take some time, regardless of whatever the the price tag was for him. I'm not that worried about it. I think we have depth. And as long as I've followed this team, depth has always been the issue. And I feel like now that's not an issue anymore. Like we've got depth in virtually every single position you can imagine. Um, It might not be perfect or whatever. And I don't think we're where we want to be as a team, but I think a lot of teams are like that as well. I mean, you, I mean, some teams are over overperforming like Tottenham. <laughs> some teams are underperforming like Newcastle. You know, there's it's it's a lot of there's a lot of variance that's going to happen. And and again, it's it's four games into the season. There's like five more international breaks coming up. The season ends in May. A lot is going to happen for a lot of teams. And I think just considering how we started and and just kind of we didn't necessarily fire out the gates like we did last year. Um, I'm, I'm going to give myself, I'll give myself, give our team uh, an A minus as well. But I think we're, we're on the up. Like I feel really good about, I'm not worried about finishing as low as eighth or anything like that. Like I think there's a lot that's going to happen and it's, it's still too early to kind of like put ourselves in like a, a slot right now. And like, I think, um, I, don't know, I just feel really good about, about the team that we have right now. Yeah, and I mean, this is less about Arsenal and more about kind of the rest of the league because we did all of our business super early, but like transfer uh, window closed like two days before our last game. So uh, there's yeah. a lot of people who are picking up guys late or uh, filling in some slots. And obviously you have injuries coming up, um, hitting us a little harder than some other teams right now. Um, thinking about all that, Braden, four games in, how are you feeling so far? I, I think similar to what's already been said, I'm going to put a little bit lower to B plus, but not really worried about it. And I'm going to kind of, it feels like that time in high school when you forgot that a quiz was coming up and you just bombed it. And it was at the beginning of the year. So you have plenty of time to make it up. So you're not really worried, but it's just kind of like you're in a bad spot right here. It's just kind of how it feels a little bit. And I, I think that's fine. I think we intended to start slower than we did last year. And by that, I mean, we came into the season last year, white hot, ready to, you know, bust out of the gates, go on a full out sprint. And I just don't think that's what the plan is this year. I I think we want to play our best football in in March and April this year. And, you know, maybe that doesn't mean Premier League. Maybe that means Champions League. Uh, There's lots of ways that this can play out, but I'm not concerned about it at all. I think we got, uh, some time to gel. And I think we've got some you know, par- new partnerships that uh, need to form and, and, you know, people just need to get used to each other a little bit, but I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat, like call it like an 86, 87 out of a hundred, like BB plus range. Um, we're fine. I'm not worried about anything. And um, we'll kind of touch on this here in a second, but 
I always thought after that first game, the whole plan was the first three games, play that weird party at right back, kind of tinker with it with a few games while we kind of have some room to kind of mess around. And we really should have taken nine from nine. Obviously, we kind of messed up Fulham in a few ways, but um, I don't think that was like catastrophic or anything. And I thought we would always go back to kind of the uh, Zinchenko, Saliba, uh, Big Gabby and uh, Ben White thing uh, as soon as that United game came up. So I think I know a lot of people were freaking out about that, but um, we're kind of messing around. We have a lot more games this year and, uh, you know, we finished really, really sloppily the past couple of years. And I think Mikel was looking at that saying, Hey, we have a lot more games, a lot more meaningful games. Um, let's not burn ourselves out in the first, you know, 10 games of the year or whatever. Um, so yeah, like, you know, things could have been better, but, um, not worried. Um, you know, I, I feel a little weird saying that now thinking back after, uh, after that Fulham game, I kind of went, well, you know, as long as we beat United, it shouldn't be a big deal. And then thinking about the 87th minute as I'm watching Garnacho score and going, oh, shit, should we hit the crisis button? <laughs> and uh, so it's a little weird uh, how fast things can change like that. Uh, That's a great point. This was uh, this was Gabrielle's like half a second reaction from being a very different mood. Yeah. <laughs> so and Drawing I mean, the lines. Yes, drawing they did the remember lines. to draw the lines. That helps. <laughs> But that's that's the margins that we're going to be playing with all season long, you know, and in all fronts, like in every single competition, any any time that there's VAR involved, I mean, it's going to go from disaster to just ecstasy and vice versa. Like it's it's going to be so that's so makes the sport amazing and also terrible at the same time. Like <laughs> it's 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 gonna it's it's just um. Yeah, man. It's crazy. All right. I don't want to do a ton on refereeing, so I'm going to get this out of the way early. Uh, I think I'm actually going to do, I might have Seth join me. I might have a couple of you guys join me. I haven't figured out the format yet, but uh, we're going to do kind of like an MLS plus Premier League plus kind of general refereeing. What is it? How does it work? Um, Standalone episode. But, you know, we're doing Arsenal today. So, uh, Braden, I'll let you go first. What's the worst call against Arsenal you've seen so far this year? So I'm going to go with uh, Saka getting a yellow card against Manchester United. Uh, it's just an absolutely absurd call when he is getting fouled that he is somehow carded for, uh, I mean, granted the foot was a little high on Bernardo Silver, but here, or not Bernardo, um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, I'm Portuguese, please. It's, it's fine. Um, I, but I just heard some of the discourse around that and some of the Manchester United fans saying it should be a red card. And just like, are you guys completely forgetting that the only reason that that is even late or even a challenge or Bruno needs to have a chance to get the ball is that Dallo is dragging Saka down to the ground. It's just an absolutely absurd call. I I don't know how we even got to that from Anthony Taylor, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys keep telling me he's a great referee, and um, I keep telling you he isn't, but uh, it's a, a subject for another day. <laughs> um, uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, I, I resonate with the yellow card against Saka. That was just completely detestable. But what I think kind of takes the cake above that were the two yellows against Tomiyasu versus Palace. The, the card on the throw-in, and then the referee having the nerve – to send the player off on such a soft foul uh, with 30 minutes to go left in that game, I, I just 
you could you can argue on technicalities. It's like I understand that, and 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 the PGMOL is going to create valid reasons why they make the decisions that they do. But that was that was just a scenario where, from from a game management perspective, and especially from the nature of Tomiyasu's foul that got him sent off anyway, like you just call a foul right there and, and leave it. Like you don't you don't send a guy off in that scenario. Oh, I don't think it was even a foul. Uh yeah, and it's and just the the lack of consistency that I've seen this season so far. Um, nothing new, but I, I think this the season's felt different in the sense that the PGMOL feels so emboldened by all these rule changes that get them so much control over the flow of the game and just over the management of what fouls or fouls win. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's just, it's, it's just really frustrating. And Tommy Yasu shouldn't have gotten sent off versus palace. It was just incredibly awful. Well, much like the uh, let it play edict ended as soon as uh, Odegaard got near uh, Ericsson last year, the uh, time wasting and uh, player descent stuff ended as soon as Anthony uh, kicked the ball away on hmm. uh, in our last game, which was, you know, every other game up until then, they'd given a yellow card to every player. They were actually pretty consistent about it. And then that happened and it was no yellow. But uh, Ram, any other ones you want to cover here? Yeah, I was definitely going to go with Tomiyasu um, until until now. But what I'm going to go with is that the Kai Havertz penalty that got overturned. Now, granted, you can argue either way. Um, but as you've said, Devin, a, a lot that I've seen you say, you know, in, in multiple places um i've written books on this call already so (laughs) based based on precedent and based on what i've just just what i've seen like in similar calls especially with man manchester city um the first thing i think about is kevin de bruyne against uh i think it was fulham last year um and maybe this year i don't know like it's it's it happens all the time but that's a call that gets called and upheld hella times and Again, I just keep thinking about this, um, the clear and obvious phrase and just saying like, like with VAR, with like instant replay in NFL, like you got to start with the call on the field being that's the call you have to base everything on. Now, is there enough evidence to overturn what they called on the field? And I felt like you can watch that play a hundred times and 50-50, you can overturn it or you could... um, up, uphold it and that's not clear and obvious that's 50 50 like it's you can flip a coin and just pick and you, you might be right so unless it's if, if it's a 50 50 call i mean why are we overturning it why what are we even doing with this var thing so it's like that one for me it's egregious I don't yeah like and it. i'll just kind of repeat what you were saying that i've you know, like I said, I've written books on this, it feels like already, but yes. um, PGMOL kind of put themselves in a corner on this one because, like, literally their precedent is if there is a penalty called and there is contact, it gets upheld, period. I think that's a dumb way to do things, and they've kind of, like like I said, kind of put themselves behind the eight ball on it. Both of those things are true here, so uh, I did watch the little Howard Webb PGMOL thing. I'm not super satisfied with the um, response. I get what they're saying, but like you look at every penalty they've looked at in the past on these, like, you know, the Rashford one the week before, same kind of scenario. If you want to apply that rationale, that one gets overturned. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, 
we ended up beating United in a much more heartbreaking fashion for them. And then their club is like literally falling apart day by day. So great, maybe uh, <laughs> in the, uh, in the long run, we ended up better off for it, but um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, uh, it's a thing we're going to deal with all year and yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I hope it gets better, but I don't have high hopes. Um, especially, you know, we're going to Everton to Sean Deichland. Um, they haven't released the official yet as of the time of uh, recording. Um, I did see our good friend, uh, Rob Jones, who is the uh, away to Southampton ref and a couple other games where we felt like we weren't getting any calls. Uh, I think Aston Villa last year too, um, home to Aston Villa. Uh, so after the Forest United game, they've lodged a formal complaint against the ref and now PGMOL stuck that same guy on the uh, Forest game. So yeah. Uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. So um, I, I will say uh, on FOTMOB, according to FOTMOB, Simon Hooper is the referee for Everton and Arsenal. Okay. Yeah. So, they haven't updated it on the official PGMO web- website, but they, uh, they do tend to get leaked ahead of time. So We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Simon Hooper, I bet money on it. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Braden, do you have any odds for us, uh, betting odds on referees? <laughs> on Simon Hooper, uh, no, I, I do not. Although I, I do encourage you to look on uh, uh, TransferMarkt has data on all of the referees, yellow cards, red cards, penalties given. So before you gamble, gamble responsibly and look that stuff up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can always go back and go, oh, is that that fucking guy that called this? And then you can go, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do it all the time. Um, let's get on to some like, you know, meat and potatoes. Um, you know, let's win a bunch of games. So the referees don't matter um, and win them so decisively. So um, we ran really long and I forgot to ask a few questions on our last kind of preview episode. And one of the ones I meant to ask was uh, in the league, will Arsenal score a hundred goals this year? Now, right now we're averaging two goals a game. That's well below the average you would need for that, which I think is like 2.68, 2.76, something like that. Um, Didn't do the math off the top of my head here, but um so i don't think we're gonna get 100 but uh brayden how many goals are we gonna score this year in the league just the league in the league i'd put this around 94 or so okay. I, I think this i think this attack still clicks i i think it's a little disjointed right now and that's fine uh i think at some point in the course of the season it clicks or we make significant changes and even just the addition of zinchenko in there hopefully full-time and not you know, in three games, have a hamstring <laughs> and, and that sort of thing that we've uh, got a little accustomed to. Uh, but hopefully with that, I think we just see a much more cohesive, coherent attack. I, and I think we probably get there. And whether that is Havertz getting used to the role and, and, you know, blossoming, or whether that is maybe it's Fabio Vieira's turn at some point. Like he, You could argue he's earned it. I don't know, but I think we will see something to get this uh, to be a more aggressive attacking uh, unit. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little lower. I think we're going to kind of have a little bit of a defensive crisis and kind of shield a little bit more that way um, and basically end up winning a couple of games, you know, one nothing, 2 nothing, and teams we should probably be scoring five or six on if we want to play the, the goal differential game against Man City. But um, let's win games. Let's not play the goal differential game. Um, so I'm going to go, yeah, like say 85, um, it's my final answer. Um, you know, uh, not, not a bad haul at all, but, um, you're still scoring over two goals a game at that clip. Uh, Ram, how many goals are we scoring? I'm going to go with 
95. Okay. <laughs> uh, one more. <laughs> um, I think, I think we're going to... Is right? Like, I was going to say... Yeah, the price is right. It's too rest soon. Peace, rest in peace, Bob Barker. Um, yeah, I feel, I have a feeling that Kai Havertz is going to come around and get his goals in. I feel like Eddie Nketia is a different beast this year and he's stepping up and I feel like he's going to get his goals. Um, I think Gabby, Jez- Gabby Jesus is also going to, I think he got his injury out of the way for the season. And I think he's going to get in a good amount of goals as well. Um, I- I'm just looking at our attack right now. And I just think everybody there is going to just be able to eat and, and put in, put in goals. Um, and then of course, then we have like Martin Odegaard, I feel is, still hasn't peaked yet and I feel like he's just getting better every single year um and that strike against United has me feeling really good about where he is as far as confidence in terms of taking shots and then I think Fabio Vieira is ultimately gonna put in a lot of uh get a lot of goal uh what do you, what do we call it the goal involvements assists and goals I just think yeah eventually we're gonna we're gonna turn everything on and there's just a lot of players who are gonna get um, a lot of goals when their when their numbers called. I mean, Fabio Vieira just gave me uh, a, a, a huge, I guess, injection of, of optimism. Seeing him come in uh, against Fulham and really jumping at the at the opportunity and and contributing with two assists, I believe, or no, he got an assist and then drew the penalty. Um, and I yeah, think, I think that should count as an assist, by the way. Like I know uh, it doesn't, but like you know, penalty and your team scores it. A hundred percent, and and Eddie Nketiah did drew the drew the penalty against uh, Palace. So I just feel like yeah, and 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 I, you know we can talk about how we're not clicking and we're not looking good right now, but you can also flip the coin and just say like, hey man, we're actually looking really really good, considering we've been experimenting when we've got a whole new midfield basically. Um, ultimately, you know we've got really young players who are professionals by all account. They're all like you know, dedicated to their craft. And I think we're going to, we look good and we could have easily scored more goals. And I think that's just, they're going to go in. They're going to, we're going to get better. So I feel like, yeah, at some point, yeah, I think we're going to win a lot more one nil games and they're going to be a lot more tighter games, um, especially against city. I think we're, you know, we're not going to win in a shootout against them. So I I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to steal a one nil win against them. At least one of the two times we play them, but I still think we're going to put up, four or five goals a few times this season. And um, yeah, I'm going to go with 95, man. I know I rambled on a little bit, but there's just, we've just got too many players who are um, just chomping at the bit, I think, to to contribute. And uh, yeah, we, yeah, uh, 95, easy. 95. Well, it's going to be easier after we beat um, Spurs 10-0 next week. Hell yes. So um, that'll, that'll <laughs> soften up some of these predictions. Uh, Josh, how about you? Um, I was I was doing I was doing some quick calculations. Uh, what what I thought what the what the lowest threshold would be versus the highest, and I think the the lowest amount that seems possible is seventy six, and the highest seems to be like one hundred and fourteen. If we just go like balls to the wall and our attack just completely starts getting consistently three to four goals a game, I don't see that happening. Um, I think Rams' prediction of ninety five is spot on, um, and I think something to note is that. Uh, Martinelli, despite having two assists on the season so far, he hasn't scored yet. Um, and so we're missing a little bit of production there. Uh, awesome to see Declan Rice uh, get his first goal for Arsenal against United. That was just such a euphoric moment. And I think he's going to be in a really, really great position to contribute, especially off of set pieces and corners. 
uh, this season because he was just so well positioned to, to get that goal against United. So I think we'll see more of that this season, which kind of accounts for that. And also, um, Jesus scoring in his first game back after having a little knee issue. That's really encouraging. And then it's a nice um, goal too. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's it's nice how that just became a, a topic of it. Basically, just became a meme with uh, Iago oh Dallo. Yeah, Dallo just uh, sliding into the Andromeda Galaxy. <laughs> Uh, at some point he'll collide with that uh, baseball Albert Pujols hit off Brad Lidge in 2006 <laughs> and that'll be the only time either of them stops uh, yeah, sorry Rangers and, fans and uh, <laughs> and, I think as, and I think as long as Eddie is in good form as well I think that's just um, I, I think that's extra goals on the stat sheet uh, he's been super reliable um, every time that he started the season and uh I don't know. There's there's a lot of potential, and then if if, if our uh, defensive players, if uh, Gabriel and Saliba contribute a few goals here and there, um, I think as long as the play opens up, I think the opportunity to get above 100 is feasible. But I think Rams' prediction of 95 is spot on. Okay, um, we're gonna do a fun little thing here, and then we're gonna dive into a little more analysis. But uh, I'm gonna count to three, and let's all uh, say what our final league position is gonna be. Um, last time I said second. I'm gonna stick with that. I believe all of you said first. So I'm going to count to three and then say go. And then right after I say go, all three of you say what you currently think our uh, final league position is going to be. So uh, I'm going with second. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. One, two, three, go. Second. Second. Uh, Braden, I didn't catch yours. Yeah, I, I said second. Um, okay. I sound smart now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Like, that's right now. Yeah, I feel like you know, three, four months right from now, if if all my predictions come true, I would say first. But right now, like, City is just this inevitable monster, and it's all about consistency in the Premier League, and they're just right now the most consistent. And and you know, the biggest cliche is if the season ended today, then you know they'd be first, we'd be fifth. But the season doesn't end today, so there's a lot, but. Yeah, I would say second, just based off of like, you know, how much we've got a two point mountain to climb. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, we do these predictions kind of for fun because, like, yeah, yeah, this time last year, I I always bring it up to people. There was a, a huge debate, I think, even into October of last year, where people were saying, "Oh, well, does Holland actually make City worse because he doesn't play the same?" Set? Like, guys, they'll oh. figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly yeah, I was yeah, never worried about that. <laughs> they were making memes out of him after that Community Shield match, and like. Yeah, how Darwin was a great signing, but uh, Holland was going to be a huge bust. Yeah. So just calm down, everyone. we got a ways to go. We're barely 10% of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, We'll do a little analysis here. So obviously um, there's been a lot of ink spilled on Kai Havertz, and I don't think he's been as bad as people think. He was actually very good and useful in that Palace game, uh, especially after we went down to 10 men. Um, talked a little bit about Eddie and I think he's, his big thing is he's been doing all of the things that people have said Eddie never does. Mm-hmm. He's doing hold up play. He's, you know, running off the ball. He's tracking back more. So we got those two guys and, uh, we've mentioned Fabio Vieira coming on, um, you know, to kind of rescue some points for us. So I'm going to start here with Josh. Who's been your, uh, brightest surprise so far this year? Uh, gosh, uh, 
Honestly, I think Declan Rice integrating with the squad as quickly as he has has Duckling been. Duckling Rice. Duckling uh, Rice. <laughs> uh, it's it's been remarkable. Uh, like I I, th- I think everyone was wondering if the 100 plus mil that we paid for him to get him from West Ham was uh was an appropriate amount, English tax and all, and he, he's just he's he's just contributing on both sides of the ball. He's making incredible runs back to uh, reclaim possession on defense. And he's already kind of taking this like pseudo vice captain role, working alongside Odegaard and just kind of being a field general and making sure that uh, guys like Havertz and, uh, and Kedia, as well as our defense are just like well positioned and he's communicating with people off the ball. It's, it's just really, really great to see. And then just the attitude and mentality that he's brought with the squad, especially in these big games uh, and close games so far. Uh, I, I think, I think it's just invaluable. And I think I wasn't expecting him to have this large of an impact so quickly. I, I was kind of giving him the same grace that I'm giving Havertz. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting either of them to really contribute meaningfully in the first few games. Um, but, but Declan Rice looks like he's there. And I think Kai Havertz won't be far behind. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned, too, uh, when Party was first around, it took him a long time to learn that six. And, I mean, we're playing it a little differently, but uh, that's not an easy job to step into uh, the way we play it. So um, it's nice to see. I've always thought of him, and I'm glad him, he's proving me correct here, as more of like a, a crucible or, if you want to get fun, uh, anti-fragile type of player where the harder mm-hmm. things get, the better he plays. Um, so it's nice to see. Uh, and a uh, stoppage time winner against Man United, it's a, it's a good way to kick off your Arsenal career. Uh, Brayden, biggest surprise so far? So this is this is tough for me because I feel like I've always been high on his ability, but it, I think for me this has got to be Fabio Vieira. I didn't not see him coming off the bench and making the impact that he has in, in these games. So I am glad that he is putting it together, and I think it is a, a point that people need to take into consideration. That I read a lot of things at the end of last year about how Vieira need a loan in the championship or maybe back in Portugal or something. And sometimes it just takes a little bit to put it all together. So I, I'm really happy to see him uh, kick into another gear and, and really show off some of the talent that I think he's always flashed at times. I uh, think he uh, did it at times in the Europa League last year, but I think if he puts it uh, together more consistently, I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch for this team this year. Yeah, he has more uh, league assists since he signed the Notegard, uh since mm-hmm. Vieira signed at least. Um, and yeah, I was always high on him. And you know, like Arsenal Online loves to beat people down and then raise them up and yada yada yada. Completely overreact to everything. Um, I always thought he was going to come good, but like, tell you what, when I was at that Southampton game at home last year, uh, watching him on that field, I was like, this guy's fucking lost. I have no idea what this guy is doing. <laughs> he clearly yeah. doesn't either. So uh, I had some doubts creeping in my mind, but. Uh, and maybe there's a little bit to say, too. He's coming off the bench, um, and maybe there's some game states where people are kind of already sitting back against us that makes it a little easier for him. And uh, we'll kind of touch on this in our next little sub uh, subject segment or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, nice to see him uh, get involved, and, and hopefully we'll see more of him because we're going to need, you know, not just a starting 11, but uh, lots of guys this year. Uh, Ram, biggest surprise for you? Um, Eddie and Kedia, man. And... Yeah. I'm really excited about the progress he's made since last year. And then he stepped up to the plate 
tenfold this year, man. Like when when, when the news came out with uh, Gabby Jesus being injured, a lot of people were already starting to freak out. Season's over, yada yada yada. And I was like, man, I'm not even worried, man, because first of all, it's not even a serious injury. He's only going to be out a few games, but we've got Eddie and Kedia. And then even for folks who were like, we need a striker, sign a striker, this, that, and the other. Like, no, nah, man, like Gabby Jesus is, is, is good. And Eddie and Kitty is good. Now, you know, we might be saying different things in January or in the summer, but for right now, we're good. We're good in that position. I think Eddie and Kitty has stepped up. He had a goal in the first match against Nottingham Forest. He set and, and he set up, he got the penalty uh, against Palace. And as you just said, like, right, if you get the penalty, you got to get at least get an assist for that. And he was doing a lot of the really hard work getting in positions and, and and doing all that kind of stuff. And ultimately he finally earned the penalty in that match. And then one of my biggest like criticisms, gripes or worries about Eddie and Keddie was like, you can look at his numbers and say like, Oh, every time he starts, he scores or close, close enough. But what sucks is like what hurts him as, as, as a striker or in his position is when he comes off the bench, he doesn't score. Like he just can't be that game changer. And I remember thinking this, and then what does he do? What does he do against Fulham? He scores. <laughs> you know, he comes off the bench, forty-five minutes, he scores, and he has a really big impact in the second half. Um, United, he didn't get in a goal or an assist, but he was just active. He was all over the pitch. He was putting in work. Um, so I, I would say a surprise, but also just I'm, I'm I'm really happy for him, and it's almost like personal. I'm really rooting for the guy, and I want him to. I want him to stay like, I, you know, there's already talks of like, Hey, what, what can we get? What, what can we get for him? And you know, how much does he really have? How much longer does he really have with Arsenal and this, that, but like, I like the guy, man. I kind of want him to, to, to stick around in the long term, And he already has, right. Like he's, he's, he's a, he's an Academy player. And um, yeah, I, I just think he's, he's growing into his role. And, and as you mentioned before, like he's doing, he's doing the things that, people say Eddie doesn't normally do. And like, he almost looks like, like Gabby Jesus out there a little bit, dare I say, you know, maybe a little bit faster, maybe a little bit bigger uh, of a frame, but I mean, he's, he's putting in the work, man. And, and he's, I, I think he's really earning his spot, um, making it difficult for Arteta to pick Jesus over him. Yeah. And I think, you know, you kind of hit it on the head. He's putting in the work. You can tell, you can see it. And um, <clears throat> Mikel said as much in training too, like, you know, Eddie trained so hard, I didn't have a choice but to pick him. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that. Um, Andrew's going to keep putting you on the field. And uh, like you said, it's the the things that people always rag on Eddie for that he's done really well on, and he's been a great surprise. Um, I was always happy because I I twisted myself into knots about that first game, about whether it should be Trossard or Eddie. And I kind of thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, and it was sort of like a free hit with Eddie. Uh, and, you know, he scored the goal, right? So you keep playing him. And I think this is something that we're going to see more from Mikel this year. And Pep does it really well. You'll see these guys like Eddie that are kind of like a, maybe he's a starter. Maybe he's like a one and a half, not quite second string, not quite first string guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he'll play for like 10, 12 games in a row. And he'll play really well. And then the second he starts to fade, you swap him out for someone else. Yep. And the other person has 10, 12 games that are really, really good. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that type of um, quote unquote rotation with the Champions League and in the league this year, and his fixtures pile up. Um, mine, I'm going to go ahead and mention, is sort of a negative one. It's Trossard wasn't great against Fulham, but it's more like Trossard's playing time is a surprise. 
Uh, we kind of put ourselves in some bad game states where maybe he would have gotten some minutes against Crystal Palace and we weren't down a man. Um, obviously, he got pulled off against Fulham. Um, so I I think we're going to see more of him. But, uh, you know, after the Community Shield and there were some, I don't think they were really based on anything, but kind of rumblings that he wasn't happy about playing time. But um, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of him. But, you know, it's four games into the year, whatever. Um, we'll get it figured out. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to kind of flip here and we sort of hinted at it. Talked a little bit about Fabio Vieira. He's been playing well off the bench. Kai's been having trouble. You know, I still think it's overblown. Give him time, yada, yada, yada. Would you start at Goodison Park, Fabio Vieira? Braden, you can go first. It is tough. I think the answer to this is no. I, I think that as as strong as Vieira has played, I just think that with the size that Everton have in midfield, I think it might be important. And Havertz has done a lot of off-the-ball work pretty well. It is the on-the-ball stuff that has looked pretty concerning, shall we say, yeah. from Havertz. Uh, yeah, so um, I think this is probably a good spot for Havertz. Um, but I think Vieira's time is coming if if Havertz doesn't turn it around. Like, I, I, I think Vieira is knocking on the door, and I think that's what we want. I think a competition will make uh, both of them better in the end. Yeah, and I think not having party solidifies needing Havertz in there for me because um, you need X number of, like, big fuckers against, you know, Sean Dyche, trashy team. I'm sure they're literally, like, shoveling out World War One trenches along the, the field mm-hmm. right now to make sure we can't play ball. Um so just uh, to have some defensive security for them on set pieces and things like that. Um, so I think I would stick with Kai at least for that game. But uh, Josh, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, mainly because I, I think this 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 game is a great opportunity for for Kai Havertz to kind of prove the haters wrong, but also it's a good opportunity for you know Markel Arteta to potentially you know get on Kai's case for a little bit, being like, hey man, like reform matches in. We've had some trouble on the ball, but you're still contributing defensively. We need you to score a goal today. Otherwise, I'm going to have to play Vieira in the next game. Like, it, it's just, it's it's getting to that point where uh, this is probably Kai's last game to do something before he gets benched for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm pulling for him because I like, I like Vieira as a super sub, just coming on and, and changing the game when we need him to. Uh, but as far as, like, like controlling a game and like Everton are in bad shape. Um, Kai's biggest struggle seems to be confidence more than anything. And I imagine all of the, all of the bad press and uh, bad vibes that he's getting on the socials is probably not helping at all either. And uh, he's, he's, he's a guy that looks like he's got a lot of his, a lot of his mind right now. And he's going through a really hard transition. Uh, And, yeah, this is opportunity. I, I'm going to say keep starting him until all hell breaks loose because I, I, I think he's not going to learn anything playing on the bench with the squad. No. And, I mean, luckily we do have some high-level games in midweek, so you can kind of tinker a little bit uh, one way or another with those. And, like, I was really hoping he wouldn't get called up to Germany and he could just sort of have, like, two weeks of Mikel Arteta crazy confidence boot camp. But it uh, <laughs> didn't work out that way. Germany got housed by Japan and got their coach fired. So Some, some, <laughs> some Aaron Rodgers-style uh, retreats in the darkness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, but like something that actually works. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, how about you, Ram? Are you starting Havertz, Vieira, somebody else uh, against uh, Everton? I'm gonna. I would start Havertz, and I would say this against United. Um, and I hate doing the ifs and buts thing, just because you know it's you can come up with all kinds of scenarios. But <laughs> he was right in front of goal with the ball at his feet, and he could have scored. And he also, if if VAR wasn't a bunch of whatever they are, he would have also drawn a penalty. So by our standards, he would have had an assist and potentially a goal. So I thought he was in the right places at the right time. I think he had a better game. I mean, he he did give up. He did make a bad pass that eventually led to that United goal. But then we returned to favor right away and just equalized that out and just whatever. Like lots of lots of he didn't have a perfect game. A lot of players did not have a perfect game. I thought he did well enough um, to sort of not get benched or not get rotated out. Um, So I would start him. And also another reason, primarily just because of, as you've mentioned earlier, like Sam Dyche ball, the way they play is very physical and on their defensive end and in the midfield, like don't they have some massive dudes They have some big fuckers like we do. So I think we, we don't sub out one of our big fuckers for a little short guy in Vieira. And I'm not, you know, I mean, that's just what he is, right? He's not a big guy. He's very slight. Um, He can work that to his advantages, but I think um, I don't think you stick him into a game, uh, an ugly game that we were going to get against Everton um, but he's he is knocking on the door, so to speak, and he's going to get his chances for sure. Because, I mean, he's shit. He got he himself, no ifs or buts. He got himself an assist to to win the game against United. So he's he's Johnny on the spot with a lot of these passes, man. Yeah, keep playing him as long as he's still playing well and and playing confidence, just like what yeah, we man. said with Eddie. This is a wonder. I'm telling you, man. This is why I feel so excited, bro. Like, just the the amount of depth that we have, man. Like we're we're talking about should this guy start? Should this guy start? Like, we can't go wrong either way. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a really good problem to have. Haven't even touched on Smith Rowe or Reese Nelson that barely had a kick this year. Yes, um, Reese kind of with a, a really nice steal and a hockey assist for that third goal against United. But um, yeah, there's there's plenty to go around. Um, we just barely have a little bit of of a sampler on Jesus. Uh, like we said, not a ton of Trossard. So there's a lot of a lot to come and a lot to be excited about. Um, we mentioned it earlier back in the Champions League, uh, and I'll let Josh take first whack at this. We have what I initially thought was like a comically easy group, and there are actually like two or three that are easier than ours. Um, but Sevilla, Lons, PSV, if we don't win this group, is it a failure? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, th- I think especially with the quality on the squad and the depth, and I, I, I think just the the motivation that team that this team has to succeed in all competitions this year. Um, yeah. It's, it's when the group are bust, honestly, because I, I, I think you, you can say like, Hey, let's just finish second and get out of the group stage. No, like you want to make a statement, win the group, get that fixture with, with Bayern Munich and then make another statement and then at least get to the quarterfinal. Like, I, I think that's the absolute goal of Champions League. And if you get beyond that, great. But um, it's the first time Arsenal's been back in the Champions League since, what, 2016-17, uh, 20... I think. 16-17. Yeah, it, it's just, 
like like to wait all this time and finally get back and get grouped are you kidding me like no way like that that's just i know that's not an option for mikhail i know that's not an option for the team i think they're going to come out guns blazing against psv next week and i think it's going to be a really 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 fun group stage from arsenal's camp i hope so and i'm glad you touched on this because i think first or second um if we get either one of those we're gonna end up playing byron so um <laughs> glad we're on the same page there uh ram how about you do we have to win the group for uh or I guess we'll call it the fall semester of a uh, Champions League to be a success. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, if we got second, obviously we we advance and that's fine. Um, but I think the standards are at a level where uh, there's there. I think I think in the in the dressing room amongst the players, I think it's first place or bust. Right. So. Um, I think the the goal. I think even the goal with the, like, for example, like like switching tracks a little bit and talking about like the first four games. And there's been maybe some players that haven't been able to get playing time because games have been a little bit tighter than we have hoped. You know what I mean? Like we talk about ML Smith Rowe, Reese Nelson, and what have you. I think with the Champions League, you know, the the, the quality's a little bit higher and the competition's going to be a little bit more intense. We're going to have to we're going to be able to rotate, but there's going to be some players on the fringes who might not get game time. Unless, like, we, you know, on, on, by the fifth game, we've already clinched that that number one spot. And so I think the, the goal ultimately is to get those players some playing time in crucial matches like that. Um, and if we don't, then it, it's probably going to be seen within the camp, within the dressing room as a failure. So I think yes and no. <laughs> it's a very fit straddling the fence answer. I feel like ultimately, like, as long as we just get to the next, to the knockout stage, we're fine. Uh, we can still make some damage in, in in that phase of the of the competition, but um, yes, I think uh, I think first place is sort of the standard right now, especially given the fact that I guess I guess if you look on paper with whatever however they rank all these teams, Arsenal is far and away the best team on paper compared to these other these other clubs. Sevilla historically never do well in the Champions League. Um, Lons. The thing about Ligue 1, I will say, is that their teams can run. and They've got some athletic teams in that league, and they will run at you until uh, uh, until the final whistle. Like, it's, it, that's not going to be an easy match. Um, and then PSV, I know then, like, I mean, we saw them last year. We, we, we split points with them. Uh, it's not going to be easy. So I think there is – it's not going to be an easy group, so to speak. But, I mean, if, if, if we have the players that – I mean – if the players perform to the level that they're expected to perform at, um, first place should be should be in the bag. Okay, yeah. Uh, Braden, I'm going to add a little wrinkle uh, before I give you your whack here. Uh, so, Ram mentioned we played PSV last year, Europa, uh, Europa League group stage. Uh, those fuckers ripped up a bunch of seats at the Emirates <laughs> uh, and threw them around. Their fans did. And we have them in our first Champions League game at home in whatever we said six or seven years is getting off to like a kick the shit out of them flying start imperative sure like, like i think we want <laughs> like it would be nice but yeah like i think you know obviously we want to go out and and make a statement of the champions league and and say that we're not just here to we're not just happy that we're here we're here to win uh, i i think that's definitely a statement that we want to make so yeah, go out, go out and put three past PSV. I think that's great. Um, 
as far as whether we finish first or second in the group, I, I really think the goal is just to qualify. It sounds great when you project forward about, like, if you get first, oh, you get the second team in the group. But there's a lot of really good teams that finish second in the group. And you there's no way to know if you're actually going to have an advantage with that or not. So I, I don't like getting real worked up about that either. I think the plan is just going to be to qualify. If you look at some of our league matches after these Champions League games, there's some pretty big matches there. Like, I think Man City comes after a Champions League game. I, I would need to go back and look at all of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if we had an eye towards some of those games and maybe it ended up in a draw. And honestly, like, I think that'd be fine. If the choices finish first in the Champions League group or like keep pace to try to make a title push. I'm, I'm taking the the title push option and not just winning a bad group in the Champions League like we mentioned. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not like we're the better group either. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the schedule right now. So after so these are our games after the group stage. Uh so game 1 is Tottenham, then after game 2 is City. Uh, game three is Sheffield. Uh, game four is Burnley. Game five is Wolves. Uh, game six is Brighton, and uh, that's it for the group stage. And so, Wolves is the all... only Wolves is the only one I would call a gimme, and even that is difficult. Um, yeah, because uh, Sheffield will put up a fight on the Burnley team. is tough, and City barely beat Sheffield. Um, Sheffield put up a fight, man. They are a tough team. Yeah, uh, luckily all of those are home games too. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, that that schedule sits up pretty nice for us or as good as you can hope for with a, with fixture congestion there. For sure. Uh, I'm just excited to get rolling, like qualify. And I think I'm happy. Um, Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't want to like over, there are a lot of people getting overconfident coming into this season. I don't want to get that kind of attitude or, or get our heads too big. So, you know, like play well and, uh, and qualify. Uh, you know, like if we get four wins and two draws and we lose out on like goal differential and we're in second place, what the fuck ever? Who cares? Yeah, um, yeah, very true. So, I mean, the odds of that happening are pretty low, but um, yeah, like let's just get out of the group and then we'll go from there. Uh, at least that's my view on it. Um, but moving forward, uh, Arsenal at Goodison Park. We haven't won there since I want to say 2018. Uh, our nemesis, Alex Awobi, we never won at Goodison Park while he was there. He's moved on to Fulham. So we have a shot. Um, <laughs> Josh, what are you thinking uh, for a result on Sunday? Uh, I'm thinking we come out with a, a pretty comfortable win. I'm thinking it's going to be either 2-0, 3-0 at uh, full time on Sunday. Uh, and the reason why I think that is um, Everton in a two-week span – got blasted by Aston Villa, lost 1-0 to Wolves, conceded the first goal against a team in League 2, Domecaster. Uh, they ended up winning 2-1, but it's just... This this club's in bad shape. And then, and then the draw against Sheffield on September 2nd, I, I mean, that's that's considered a good result for them right now, considering how things are going. And then Pickford had some just remarkable saves in that game. Uh, but I think, I think the tide finally goes heavily against them. Uh, 
as what has seemed to become the theme in the start of the season. So yeah, yeah, two nil, three nil. I think either Saka or Jesus, that's a brace and we get out of there. See, I'm actually less confident because of how shit they've been. Um, Because we always seem to turn up at Goodison when they're like on their deathbed and then they, you know, (laughs) find, find a way to fucking, you know, play their best football in 20 years against us. Um, Brayden, how about you? What are you predicting? I I think we should get, well, obviously we should go win this game. I have a little bit of a hesitancy, uh, kind of along what you were saying, Devin, like just, yes, they're in a bad spot. I wonder if the international break gives them a chance to reset and get back to what they want to do well? Question is, mark. Is Pickford out? I, I uh, Pick, Pickford will be fine. He's. I don't think he's injured or anything. No, no, no. Just... I meant like, did they send anybody on international duty besides him? Uh, did Ozil like... play with Belgium? I, uh, I don't possibly. Uh, there, there's a couple around, I think, but it for the most part, their squad is is still there. Uh, so. I have some concerns. We should win this game. I've got a feeling it's going to be somewhere around 2-1. I think it will be nervy at times, um, but I think we get through it. Okay. Ram, how about you? I agree. It's going to be very nervy. Um, I think we end up winning 2-0. Um, it's it's going to be just an ugly game like it always is. Um, but I feel, dating even dating back to last year, and a lot of the fixtures that we ended up dropping points or or due to loss or draw the year before when we missed out on top four, um, we're able to turn around and, and, and get points from. So there was like this little revenge tour that we were on last year uh, with a lot of the matches. Uh, the first ones that come to mind are like uh, Newcastle. Uh, what was it? Crystal Palace. So I think this year, you know, this is sort of like, um, I feel like Arteta does a real good job of motivating the players to kind of avenge, uh, past failures, and I think he's gonna <laughs> really harp on, on 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 this group of players to avenge last year's loss against Everton because that was a really bad loss at a real inopportune time. I mean, it's never opportune to drop points, right? But like that one was that one stung a little bit, um, and I'm sure he doesn't want a repeat of that uh, this year moving forward. So um, I feel like we're gonna turn up and play a lot better than we have. In the past, a lot of these past games that we've had at Goodison Park, none of the, you know, a good chunk of the players that are here now weren't there for those losses, right? So there, there is a history club-wise, but individually with these players, not so much. So I think they're going to be able to, to get past the initial, you know, I guess, uneasiness of this game. Um, and I think they'll be able to to win an ugly 2-0 match that – you know, on paper is going to look like a like a big win, but it might be a real tight game for a little bit and, and kind of nervy. But ultimately, our guys step up and, you know, do the business. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the revenge tour narrative definitely is, is going to come into play. And uh, Mikel, former Everton player, uh, never won at Goodison in the league uh, as a manager. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to be kind of the Debbie Downer here and say 2-2 draw. Hmm. Um, just because I fucking hate Sean Dyche and I've seen him do this shit to Arsenal teams over and over and over. And yeah, we're better. Yeah, this team's hopefully different, but uh, I am from Missouri, the show me state. So like, we'll uh, we'll fall back on that one. 
Um, but hopefully we uh, we get a good result. And uh, we're feeling good going into the Champions League. Uh, do you guys want to do some trivia real quick? Yes. Let's go. Okay. Um, so I will give Ram first guess here. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the last person to score for Arsenal in the Champions League? Oh, uh, shit, man. Um, Alexi Sanchez. Uh, Josh, any guesses? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to go Theo Walcott. Uh, Braden, any guesses? Boy, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, who do we have striker? Giroud? Uh, So Josh got it right. It was Theo Walcott. Ah, nice. Boom. Let's go. Uh, do you know who we were playing and or what the score was? Uh, oh, God, no. No. Uh, Byron? Ram or Braden either. Yep, Byron. Byron. Lost five oh, to one. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I so I'm really excited about this Champions League and Arsenal playing, man, because as long as I've followed Arsenal, and uh, admittedly hasn't been long compared to all you fellas, like, I've never known Arsenal to be in the Champions League. So, for me, this is, like, some brand new shit, and this is, like, really, really cool. So, when that question came up, it was a total shot in the dark, man. I had no clue because, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know about Arsenal like that the last time they were in the league. I, I remember that. I remember them, obviously, their history in the, in the, in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, this is going to be – it's going to be a big Wednesday for me. Yeah. No, I mean, it used to be, like, oh, ha-ha, like – not only are we going to qualify for the Champions League, we'll get out of our group, and now it's like every year we didn't make it back. It was just like, oh, God. Yeah. Were we were we taking yeah. stuff too much for granted? But uh, let's do a fun one here. I'll let Braden go first. Uh, who's going to score our first goal back in the Champions League? Let's see. It's and I'm not giving away prizes for these, just the uh, Predictatron. Yes. I, I'm going to go with... Yeah, let's go Havertz. Havertz? Let's, let's, let's go start the redemption tour here. I, I thought about that. I like the optimism. Uh, Ram, how about you? I'm going to go with Fabio Vieira. Okay. Uh, Josh? Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, I guess, one of one of the two guys on Arsenal's roster that have a European trophy. It's either going to be Kai Havertz or Declan Rice. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with Martinelli because oh. I think he wants that Brazilian fuck Benny Jr. spotlight. Uh, and the place you get noticed for that uh, Brazilian national team is is going to be in the Champions League. So I think he's going to be absolutely fucking flying in that first game. Yeah, that, and, that's uh, very true. And ready to go. Um, so I got kind of a fun one that I want to kind of wrap up on. We can touch on a few things if you guys want to. Um, obviously brought in David Raya on loan. Um, Ramsdale hasn't been bad, but hasn't been like lighting the world on fire. Uh, Josh, you can go first here. When does David Raya get his first start? You can either give me like, you know, a rough month or a couple weeks or an actual game if you want to. Uh, I think, uh, David Raya gets his first start in the Carabao Cup on September 27th. Yep, uh, against his old club, Brentford. Yeah. 
Yep. Okay. That was my answer too. Uh, how about you, Ram? Yeah, same thing. Uh, already a lot of whispers and reports coming out that um, in order to do that, um, he has to get permission from the club or the club can't object. And by all accounts, they're not going to. So I'm going to go Carabao Cup. The energy drink competition is when he'll start. All right. Uh, I remember. I'm so old. I remember when it was the fucking Coca-Cola Cup. So <laughs> uh, there have been many names and they all seem to start with C. Coca-Cola, Carling, Carabao. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing one. Uh, Braden, how about you? I actually think he might get a shot in the Champions League. I, I think if we're doing the Cup League Keeper thing, which I think we might be, I would say he would be in line for it. So I I think he's got a shot at that. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I would shy against that, against PSV, is that um, Ramsdale's never started a Champions League game. So even if he's your starter and you're thinking about maybe doing him in the, the later stages or something, you want to get his feet wet. Um, but that's just my opinion. So we're going to do a fun one here. Um, and I meant to ask this earlier, but uh, Brayden, what's the dumbest thing you've heard an Arsenal fan say so far this year? Oh, this year. Um, that's, that's tough. I, I have a classic one that I go to that happened last year, but not this year. Oh, you year, can do so. that one too, but just uh, we'll we'll do that one and then you can do one for this year too. Uh, so the one last year was that um, Saka can't play with his right foot. Uh, <laughs> and that, like he's, he's not that good. Uh, this happened in, around late uh, September, early October last year. And sorry, it didn't get off to a great start, but it was kind of like, it's still clear he was the best player on the team. I, it, it, like, I don't know where people are getting these opinions. Um, but yeah, the, the one that like, Saka isn't that good because he doesn't play with his right foot was absolutely crazy. And it's an all-time what <laughs> moment for me yeah i'm gonna tie that in with mine it was uh, after the man united game there have been some online twitterings and i mean you know people on twitter are dumber than your average bear but um there were a bunch of people saying like i don't know suck is that a rough start to the season think we need to sit him for a game or two just to oh, show him yeah you I... know a lesson it's like what are you fucking insane <laughs> no nah. just because he's not scoring worldies mm. every game doesn't mean he did score one in the opening game but uh i mean he 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 literally has the best stat sheet out of anyone on the team right now. Yeah, he has two goals, two assists on the season so far. Uh, but like, I mean, and, it's... And, and even when he doesn't have a good game, he has moments, man. Like you could argue he had a okay game against Nottingham Forest, and then he comes out with a fucking golazo. And I mean, that's all you need out of him ultimately. Like, not saying that's all. No, let me rephrase that. But like. You just need a moment out of someone like him, and that's that you know that justifies starting him every single game because he's going to bring that, even if he has a bad game, you know. Yeah, he has magic. It doesn't necessarily have to come in the first minute. Exactly. At his worst, at his quote unquote worst, he's still gonna, he still has the potential to like have a moment like that, and you forget about, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of his game is 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 low percentage stuff you know he's not a striker he's going to shoot in front of goal all the time he's doing a lot of crazy shit so you know nothing it's not always going to be perfect with him but um that's the kind of player he is man 
Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that take at all. I see that a lot and that upsets me a lot. Like yeah. we don't yeah, and, and then also we don't have anybody to bench him for anyway. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> and it's and it's not just the it's not just the the offensive production. It's the impact that he has on the game. Like if you see him playing on the wing, they get into the final third. He has two men on him every single time. time, and there's always someone open on the far post, whether it's Martinelli, Declan Rice, one of the defenders. Doesn't matter. Like, it's coming soon. I think it yeah. gets Palace. I think it gets <laughs> Palace. There was times where he had three people on him. Like it was just insane. Like, yeah, and I think he's suffered a little bit, too, from not having that Ben White overlap when we were doing the weird party right back thing. Because mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was really productive last year. Um, and, I mean, I was watching during a lot of that Fulham game, especially in the first half when things weren't really working, is, like, we would have two people on the right side. We would just have Odegaard and Saka over there, and they would camp four or five guys. They would just be like, okay, beat us, and then we didn't. Um, and, obviously, you know, that, that flipped up. But um, I think, you know we're, we're going to maybe have to make some tactical adjustments around that. But um, any other stupid takes? Brayden, did you give us one from this year or just? Just go. No, I just went with the last year. Um, I, yeah, I saw the ones on Twitter, but I, I generally try to hold this for people that I've actually met. Cause I think people are just, you know, going for interaction engagement on, on Twitters and they say crazy things. So, that that was someone something that I heard from someone's mouth, and I just could not believe it. <laughs> oh, I got one. Okay, Arteta out. Jesus, uh, after, that was, that was, after, that after 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 the full match. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, something kids, related to that. You kids don't know how good you have it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, something <laughs> something related to that is that um, Arteta has favorites. I've seen that go along go go around on the Twitter sphere a lot. Um, you know that he's he's uh, that the that the that the starting eleven or, or the the formations that he's putting out, he's going out of his way to start Havertz, or you know he has some kind of vendetta against Leandro Trossard or whatever. Like that's just doesn't make any sense to me. I think ultimately, like every single player outside of, I think if Arteta has one favorite, it's probably Bukayo Saka, and just because I mean. If I was the coach, if anybody's anybody's gonna Gareth Southgate, that's that's his favorite player, right? You know what I mean? Like he loves, like it's hard, like you can't really. He's the only one you can actually play favorites with. I think everybody else, you know, you have to earn your spot. I mean, you, you see the way where he he talks so well about Eddie and Kedia for nearly a whole season, and that guy never saw the pitch, um, <laughs> you know, because he, he's not gonna put him over uh, Lacazette or Aubameyang. Um, so it's just this this idea that that the manager plays favorites, um, which goes against literally every single thing that he says in press conferences. Um, you know, the, the 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 thing he does is he he won't throw his players under a bus and he won't talk shit to like shit about them to the press. He's always going to back his players, and 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 some people see that and just say like, oh, like you know, like he has favorites. And I, I, I for me that. That's like a really irritating thing to see just because like you don't really see that in the way he rotates and, and things like that. Like he wants yeah. these players to prove that they deserve to be on the pitch. And I mean, he gave Trossard a start and he didn't do much with it. So back to the bench you go. Um, yeah. Well, there's a huge, huge narrative um, right after restart from COVID that he hated Martinelli. 
because oh, yeah, like Martinelli time to uh to heal from his injury and to grow into his body. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and not, I mean, who at that time was starting in front of uh Martinelli? I mean, Aubameyang. Aubameyang yeah, we had him on the left. You're not gonna. I mean, even. Yeah, at that time, you're not going to put Martinelli uh, above him just because you're just not going to. <laughs> so that's just he's the manager gets paid all that money and makes a lot of tough decisions. You know, a lot of it is it's not like FIFA where you can just plug somebody in and then just hit the hit the hit the turbo stick and 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 do well with them. Like it's it's a lot goes into it. We only see these guys uh, on game day, and we don't see what they're doing on on. On the on the pitch and things like that, and we just have to to go with what what the manager says. Ultimately, like they, they we don't know anything compared to what Arteta knows. I mean, this guy's probably it's it's what um, it's two a.m. in in London, and he's probably up right now looking at spreadsheets and fucking film. Yeah, like I love talking to people about uh, soccer and about Arsenal and. I get the feeling that if I talked to Mikel about soccer or Arsenal, I would find him really fucking annoying just because yeah. of how intense and like super into everything and detailed he is. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, it's a good thing for a coach, right? Um, Ram, any dumb comments you want to shout out here? No, I think I just went, went off on, on that. Like uh, again, ultimately whether you, if you're still Arteta out at this point, like you're really just all about, you're not really a fan. You're more just trying to become famous on the internet for whatever reason and get engagement. Like ultimately, like, I mean, we're in a really good spot right now and wanting anybody fired is kind of ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, if we, if we only played uh Mesut Ozil and Nicholas Pepe as a second striker, we'd be winning the Champions League. <laughs> that, you know what? Then that, that's, uh, 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 I mean, the biggest people bringing up like, Nicolas Pepe and Obama Yang and, and, and fucking Matteo Guendouzi as examples that Arteta isn't a good uh, man manager. And I was like, bro, those are like exhibit A, B, and C on why he is a great man manager. Because, I mean, as soon as Nicolas Pepe and Obama Yang and Guendouzi left the squad, you saw the squad get better. Um, <laughs> obviously, he's not perfect. I mean, you, Willian... <laughs> uh, Cedric but you know more often than not this this guy knows what he's doing and um, I think we're really really lucky to be where we're at right now and um, yeah if we only get 9 out of 10 transfers right I think we're fine I'll take that I'll take yeah. that any day <laughs> um, yeah I don't think I had anything else I really wanted to, to touch on anything you guys want to talk about a little bit more I don't have. I think we we I think we touched everything. We touched everything, man. Um, yeah, man. Show up to the. If you're in Austin, man. Show up to the tavern. Uh, for all the games, we're always there. Austin Gooners, follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the and the Facebooks. Um, yeah, man. We got 306 people uh, for the United match, and um, we're hitting that more consistently all the time so hype is at an all-time high bring your friends get there uh, early get parking get there early get parking and then especially for the later games later you know in terms of like morning games because nfl season starts up and you know we want to show the um the nfl fans that we're way cooler and <laughs> yeah man show up it's good fun
All righty. Um, Braden, are you going to come visit us anytime? Yeah, maybe. Uh, we, uh, we're thinking of what trip we need to take because my wife is on the edge of getting the next status up on Delta. So we're, we're currently planning on, on if we're going to take a trip to try to um, maintain that for next year. So it's possible. Uh, you could go to um, South Padre for the uh, Texas Gooner Roundup, Gooner Beach Edition. Yeah, look that up. Uh, go, go to the uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for all the details. Um, but that's happening in November. It's basically just a bunch of uh, Gooners from all the Texas chapters that get together and party. And uh, that particular weekend is the Newcastle match, and then the women play. Uh, the Newcastle's on a Saturday, and then the women play on that Sunday against somebody, and we're going to be uh, streaming both matches at a bar. And it's at the beach. It's comfortable, you know, so come through. Yeah, sign up for that. Uh, go to Gooner Gras, do all the fun Gooner events. I'm going to Gooner Gras this uh, January, so that'll be fun. I will see you there. I, I, I'm excited for the uh, the first uh, Gooner Gras ball or gala Um I, I'm very excited for the ridiculousness of what that will be. I'm ready for that. This will be my first Gooner Girl, so I'm I'm all in on anything. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to talk with, uh, my wife into it, so we'll see. Do it. <laughs> all righty. Uh, well, I guess on behalf of uh, Ram and the Austin Gooners and Josh and uh, Braden. Oh, I know what I forgot to do. Um, Jesus, I almost got, uh, got out of here. I'm out of practice. Uh, I was sick and didn't do this show for like a week and a half. Braden, what's your biggest moment of suffering so far this season? Um, not me just saying that right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm torn between two. Um, I going to go back to the Tomiyasu red card. I, I think it's just, you guys touched on why it was a terrible decision. I, I'm going to go with that. It's like the greatest, what the fuck are we, it's going on moment. Throw shit moment. Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, you're in Temper's injury versus Nottingham. Yeah, I think that was mine too. Yeah. Uh, Ram, how about you? Uh, the second goal we gave up against Fulham because shitty start, badass comeback, Eddie and Kedia off the bench, Fabio Vieira off the bench, seizing his moment, Bukayo Saka redeeming himself, all the narratives, all the things, all the vibes, and then we just pooted it away <laughs> and left with the draw. Felt uh, like a loss. Um, it, it really did. So annoying. Uh, Still a great game. So many, everything I pointed out, a lot of positives in that match, but we fucked it up at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my real one's the timber injury, but uh, I'll go with the uh, Adama Traore possibly maybe winning the game for Fulham against us. And instead of going down and getting a penalty, he uh, just kept on running and did Adama Traore things and kicked the ball out. Oh, yeah. So that was Love pretty it. bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's four games in. I'm sure they have plenty more uh, suffering for us in store. It's going to be a long season of roller coasters, and I can't wait for it all. Yeah, that's why we do this, though. <laughs> the, the bits of fun are worth the suffering. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for Ram, for Josh, for Brayden, uh, as always, uh, thanks for suffering with us. Bye. Promise here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go.
away. Oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.